Busy as a global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Juicy Podcast. This morning, I'm recording bright and early with my friend, A.L. Lasker, who is the CEO and co-founder of Flexspace AI. So is AI part of the, the brand? Oh, definitely. AI is part of the brand. When we started thinking about Flexspace back in 2020, you know, we definitely saw that AI is the future. I mean, a generative AI definitely has a moment now, but AI is not new and something that we've been thriving for for the last couple of years. Okay. All right. Well, sorry. Just had to ask that. Let me get back to my first question, which always is the first question I ask, which is my favorite question, which is, how are you, not your business, how are you as a human right now? That's actually a great question. So last year I was starting this new training program that involves uh, running, uh, cycling, and swimming. So I'm now celebrating the first year of like kind of being on an active schedule for seven days a week. And it just made me a happier human. I love that. Are you training for a marathon or an Ironman? What's going on? Yeah, so that's the end goal. Unfortunately, I don't have the time to, you know, do the proper training. It's like many hours every day for an Ironman, Mm -hmm. but you know, we'll get there someday. Amazing. You know, Kane Wilmot out of Canada, who runs IQ offices, he trained during the pandemic and now is, I believe, addicted to Ironman. I can totally get that. It's just something that, you know, it's sports, but it's actually, it's more like a a mental exercise than a, you know, physical one. Yeah. Yeah. I started working out with a trainer three days a week, about a year and a half ago, and now I can't live without it. Yeah, I mean, you know, healthy body, healthy soul, right? That's the how it goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great. I am very glad. As you know, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and physical health is a huge part of that. What are you doing for your mental health? Well, that's what I do, you know, just go and that's where I get my, you know, my mental, my mental health checked out. Excellent. Okay. So how's your business? Business is going through a super interesting time. So last year we started like developing, working hard on dynamic pricing as part of our offering for e-commerce. And, you know, we were like at the second part of 2023, we deployed that with a number of operators. And now, you know, a few months later, they're starting to seeing the, the results of that. And that's super exciting for us. So dynamic pricing, is that just like surge pricing when I want an Uber on a Saturday night at 1 a.m.? So dynamic pricing, you know, it can go up and down, right? Obviously, if you want an Uber on a, you know, when it's like kind of dead, the the prices will be lower. And we started to see a lot of interesting metrics into how people book and use co-working spaces on demand. So for instance, 40% of the day pass are being booked same day. 20% 20% of meeting rooms are booked same day. I think it's like 25% are, of meeting rooms are booked for uh, six plus hours. So once you start understanding the data and the behavior of people, then you can add a layer to that, which is obviously pricing, and start optimizing your revenue based on you know, supply and demand. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I noticed like when you told me about that and I was in Miami last week, I wanted to book a day pass that day. You know, I'm not going to go the day before. I'm going 20 minutes before I'm going to walk in the door. And so I guess that's my behavior too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then obviously, you know, uh, for like most markets, but not all, obviously Mondays and Fridays are like slower, slower days. So, you know, what can you do with that? We see a like peak at like Wednesdays, right? Hump day. So it really uh, allows operators to start thinking about their yield management and how they can uh, optimize utilization and, the, and eventually profitability, right? Because when you think about mm -hmm. on demand, right? What, what I think is interesting for operators in that space is that profitability is key, right? Everyone uh, needs to drive to uh, uh, profitability. And then you have all this like unused space where you can drive people in and that's basically goes straight to your bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So as, as per usual, I've jumped right in. I'm going to take us back to tell us about how Flexspace got started and what inspired you, because there's probably some people that are listening that don't know Flexspace. So let's go to like your origin story and what Flexspace is today. Yeah, so Flexspace was co-founded by myself and Justin. We both met at WeWork. It like was 2018. So we joined WeWork back then to build a technology center in San Francisco. I came from Uber. Justin came from the crypto world. Was really the mission to Uberize space, right? So really, mm -hmm. at, at at the time, that was really first principle in the industry. And you know, it for me, I mean. I love technology and I love humans. And I found that this is a great intersection in a world that becomes more, you know, lonely to build technology that fosters collaboration and bring people together to empower them to do their best, most creative work. So, you know, obviously everything happened with WeWork and back like 2020, 2021, we thought, you know, th this, there's a real opportunity to build something at scale as the world is uh, now will be more distributed and remote. And you just have to have a way to remove the barriers and to remove friction to allow people an easy access to the space they want to work from. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I'm rolling up to the co-working space and I'm already on the call and I just need to get to the desk and open up my laptop. You know, it's like, I love it when people remove those barriers because, yeah, if I can't get in the door, that's a problem. If I can't immediately connect to the internet, that's a problem. If the coffee machine's not working, that's a huge problem. 100%. I mean, access is another thing that we will need to heavily invest in, right? To find ways to... All, all the journey, like from the street, as you say, to the office really needs to be frictionless. I mean, I just like, I, I went to, I won't name names, but I went to work from one of the co-working spaces here in Brooklyn on Monday and I had a 9 a.m. meeting and I was just unable to get through like the security. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's just annoying, right? I mean, yeah, uh, I think we need to be better at populating the data and really be intentional of like the first part of the experience, right? And I know like mm -hmm. operators invest so much in the experience in the space, right? Hospitality, mm -hmm. coffee, all of that. But the first thing is just to allow easy access. 100%. I mean, 
Yeah, it's funny. I really early on, I was speaking actually with Adam Newman and he was because he came to the first Juicy and he was looking at space in Austin. And I was like, you need to also get some space on the first floor because I always like when a co-working space is kind of in the lobby and on whatever floor exactly for those things. Like if you've got tough security, you need a place where people can touch you know, touch down and just get done whatever it is they need to get done without, you know, giving their ID to the door guy. And like, I get it, we need to have security, but sometimes that can add, you know, a real level of frustration. And I'm with you, like you, this really is like you get one chance to make a first impression. And if you can't even get to the desk, there's a problem. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the commercial real estate is having a moment too. So do you think, I mean, do you think that the future for co-working will be really be the retail floor instead of like building those spaces into high rises and uh, office buildings? I think it's a whole stack, right? I love the idea of the first floor as a coffee shop and kind of more of a cafe scene. And then maybe the next floor is co-working and maybe the next floor is offices and maybe the top floor is suites. I love that idea. I do love a retail co-working. I do. My first space in Austin, I opened in 2010, I think might have been the first co-working space in a retail environment in the US. So I opened in a shopping center because the shopping center had everything I needed. It had parking. It had proximity to a gym, to shops, to coffee shops, to food. And it also had outdoor space. And I loved, and actually it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I was really big on, because it was always happening to me, get out of your car and walk straight in. Like don't have anything in the way of somebody needs to get to their desk and get something done. So that was a huge consideration for me. And I do think, I think you're right. I think a lot of people spend so much time and intention, which is great on the interior design, but you have to design the experience from the entry to the desk. Yeah. And we're also seeing now, right, the changing behavior of work, right? Not necessarily going to like the downtown financial districts of like large cities, Mm -hmm. but also work from uh, suburbs, right? Or the outer cities. And that gives, I think, a lot of uh, opportunities to explore and rethink where and and how we build the co-working spaces. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for those that don't really understand FlexSpace, what you guys do is a couple of different things. You have an e-commerce, I would say, overlay. You you do place people in space and you have this dynamic pricing. What am I missing? Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 uh, that, that's a lot to unfold, but... Um, <laughs> I'd say the key really, well, so when we started building FlexSpace, we identified a gap in the market, right? I mean, there are those great property management systems like Yardicube and OffsRD and Exodus, right? And they really take care of everything that relates to the operational side of the business. But what we've seen that is uh, missing is really a layer of e-commerce, right, on the sites of the operators so that people can find and interact with the with their spaces. Now, you know, we talk a lot about and we take a lot of inspiration from the travel and hospitality world because we're a true believer that we'll see, you know, that tech stack shifting to the co-working world. And one of the key 
problems, right, with uh, hotels that they've seen that they relied too heavily on the OTAs, right? And they weren't able to really capture and monetize direct traffic that is coming to them. So, so what's an OTA? So OTA is online travel agents like, you know, you can think about Expedia and Booking.com and all of Got those it. players out there, right? So most of the traffic came through the hotels uh, from those big players. And obviously that came with uh, also a huge cost, right? And, you know, if we can spin it up that core working from the get-go will have all the capabilities to uh, capture, monetize traffic directly on their side, that makes them powerful. Again, I mean, we need to have the aggregators, right? That's kind of the parallel in the co-working world, which is great. It's like a huge billboard where operators can publish their spaces, but also there must be a way to capture traffic directly. And that's yeah. what we provide. Yeah. And I love that so much. Christmas from your team. And I love saying her name because everybody knows Christmas, right? It's so exactly. great. What a great yeah. name. So Christmas was telling me about that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. I love that you guys are bringing something to co-working, which will help I would say, insulate them from OTAs coming in and taking that from them, right? So like, guys, if you're listening, you should be looking at this e-commerce from Flexspace because this can ensure that what happened to the travel industry doesn't happen to the co-working industry. Correct. And, and to that, so the first, the first step was really for us to build that, if you will, like a booking engine, right? And easy access to, so what we do really is connect to the, whatever inventory or uh, property management system, as I mentioned, those uh, operators are using. And then we, from there, understand and populate the spaces, right? That are not utilized or, or empty at that moment. It can be that day or even uh, that hour. And then mm -hmm. make that available for people to search and book. And then on top of that, that's what I mentioned uh, last year, we added the dynamic pricing ability, which again, if you think about when you go to book online airline ticket or hotel, prices are not static, right? Yeah. And once you apply dynamic pricing, that shows a surge in your revenue, right? Because you can better monetize on when you have peak hours, uh, off peak hours and operators that have been, uh, uh, working or applying that dynamic pricing and working with us on that have seen, you know, tremendous results. And we are very, very happy that, uh, we're able to help operators better monetize and increase profitability. Yeah. Christmas was telling me about, you had one, um, company that basically wasn't using e-commerce at all. And they have 10 locations and they implemented it in 2023. And in 2024, they're looking at adding a million dollars to their bottom line. Yeah. That's, that's how powerful it is. Right. That's incredible. Once, that's yeah. Once you have the option to capture that, then you are self self-reliant, right? You can start thinking about the marketing campaigns, SEO, all of those components that mm -hmm. eventually we see a return, right? Return on investments once you apply the e-commerce platform of one, two, three, one, two, four on your marketing budget. Juicy is headed to Salt Lake City. 
Join us in Utah on April 9th through 11th for Juicy North America. We'll have a three-day program where the mountains meet the city and co-working is just around the corner. We invite you to join our community for a real-time co-working and hospitality experience, Juicy Style. In addition to the conference, we'll have a mix of work and play activations for you and your team to take advantage of. Whether you're up for outdoor thrills, exploring the art scene, or digging into local cuisine, we've got you covered. We chose Salt Lake because it's such a cool place with warm vibes, and we're ready to welcome you. For more information about Juicy North America, head to na.gcuc.co. Speakers and more to come. See you soon. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. So are you using AI to do this? Yeah. So with uh, pricing is the first, the first thing that we are starting to apply AI to, to really build a robust AI engine, you need uh, large sets of data, right? So that's where we are uh, focusing on. And yeah, because if you think about it, right, there's the data from your location, right? Your utilization, the behavior of uh, what's going on in the space, which days are more packed, uh, which hours are uh, having like a peak and surge. So you have the, the internal data from the location, then you have the market data, you have seasonality, you have events that are going on in your market, like conferences and things like that. So we are working to capture all of that into a smart uh, pricing engine. So eventually, Right. When we look at the future, what we want to build that to be uh, a co-pilot, like a yield manager, co-pilot assistant to mm -hmm. the operator, right? To the business owners. So that can give smart pricing recommendations and help really plan through the year how your revenue will look like from on-demand bookings. I love it. I love it so much. That's awesome. So, you know, a lot of people are afraid of AI, right? They think that it's going to take their jobs or I don't even know what all. I'm personally, I'm not. I think it's awesome because I use chat GPT probably every single day now, which is crazy because this time last year, I didn't even, you know, I hadn't even heard of it. <laughs> and yeah. so it's kind of amazing. So, Tell us why we shouldn't be afraid of AI or why we should. I don't think we should. I mean, I'm in the team, uh, don't be afraid of technology, but uh, I do think that we need to work together with it, right? It's inevitable, mm -hmm. right? And every, you know, in every time on history, there was some fear of, oh, this thing is going to take jobs and make like be the end of the world. I don't think we're there. I think eventually technology is here to make us better, more efficient. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like better outcomes and quality life for us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So are you guys, I first met you in Portugal and I'm curious if you guys are in all markets. Yeah, that was, it's actually a great fun, fun trip at Portugal. So we are now, so we started in the, the U.S. That was our primary market. And just now, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, Porto was kind of our first taste of the European market. Mm -hmm. It was amazing to meet. There's, a, there's definitely a very forward thinking operators there. And we are now venturing out to Europe as well. I love it. That's fantastic. And you were at Juicy last year in Chicago. So I'm excited that you're going to be back in Salt Lake City. So on that, Liz, 
So <laughs> I'm actually getting married on April 12th. So if I went to <laughs> if I'll be able to make it. You yeah, know, I would probably before. say not. <laughs> I would probably say no. I mean, I don't yeah. think that's a good way to start out, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's that, because uh, I was talking to a CEO yesterday and he's expecting a child right around Juicy. And he's like, I don't know, Liz. And I'm like, there are very few things that I will excuse. And marriages and babies fall into that category. Yeah, I will so absolutely, yeah. you, get an ex- you get to be excused. But I'll be there in like, you know, I'll definitely uh, watch all the videos afterwards, all the sessions. and the, Oh, know, there are no videos. Great. You, oh, you have to, okay. no, you have to be there to get it. So we'll just see Christmas there. Yes, definitely. Christmas will be there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I love that. So you recently moved from San Francisco to New York. And I'm kind of curious because, you know, San Francisco is getting so much negative press about the city. And I'm kind of curious as somebody that had been there for a long time, what was your feeling as you were leaving San Francisco? Yeah, well, I love San Francisco, right? But at some point, I just felt that, you know, New York is calling me. I always oh. wanted to live in New York. I had like different opportunities throughout the years, but uh, we just felt that now is the time with some like uh, life changes as well. Mm-hmm. So for us as a couple, it just made more sense to come to New York. I'd say that, you know, we have team in San Francisco, obviously, and the good thing, they were just working from one of the co-working locations downtown last Friday, and they said it was, you know, packed. So that's the positive. Mm. The negative was that afterwards they went to a happy hour and, you know, it's pretty dead. Like downtown is still, still mm-hmm. very much not back to... Now, I remember the when I worked there, right? It was so packed and uh, so much energy. And the sad thing that we are not seeing that coming back yet. Yeah. And how are you finding the energy in New York? Oh, New York is uh, full, full on. I mean, <laughs> you, you cannot miss on that, right? That's like, uh, it's so vibrant. And yeah, I mean, New York is a special place. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love visiting New York. So I'm curious because, you know, you were in San Francisco and now you're in New York and I know you're recently over in Europe. What do you think is going to happen with the real estate office market here in the U.S.? Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing, right? Every market really behaves differently, right? I mean, San Francisco is obviously having like huge, huge, huge problem with vacancies. And, you know, when you come here to New York, I mean, it feels different, right? So I think, and Europe also behave very differently than what we see in the U.S. I don't think that the office is dead. I mean, that's not just, it's not the case. Well, it will keep on being a thing, but it won't be the only thing, right? There will be a variety of options for people to work. Like office, in office, five days a week, there's a market for that. They, you know, so that will stay, but it won't be 100% of the market like we used to know it, right? So you'll have people that will be remote. You'll have people that will work hybrid. You'll have people that will come to uh, co-working spaces more. And that's where I think the opportunity is for this industry. And that's why I'm very, very passionate and bullish on it is because the co-working will become 
you know, resident in each and every of those office buildings, right? I mean, you have to do that. And one, you know, there's much more appetite now. I think there's much more willingness and understanding from the larger enterprise that this is a true option for people to work. And with that, right, the more we'll get the large corporates and that's, you know, it's a big ship that needs to turn, but it is turning, right? So the more we'll see of that and then we'll need to just make that experience as we discussed, like just frictionless, very reliable, consistent, and that's how we win. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, back to the cities, I think you have to post-pandemic take every city by itself and look at it. You know, so San Francisco, a lot of factors happened that made that a pretty rough place. I also think, and I've mentioned this many times, I think walkability of a city has to do with how it comes back. Transit has to do with how it comes back. The traffic has to do with how it comes back. It's funny, like post-pandemic, I think our tolerance for a commute has really changed. And I think, yeah, I agree with you. There will always be quote unquote office. But I think the great thing that, you know, I've been talking about for a couple of years is what really changed is choice, right? We have choice now. And I self-select into a co-working space. But also, I'm not completely loyal. Like, if a better co-working space opens up with a better cafe, I'm going to go over there. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting as we get more and more co-working options in cities to see how things shake out. Like I've mentioned a couple of times, there was a situation recently where I could go to this beautiful, amazing co-working space here in Austin or I could go to Soho House. I went to Soho House because I desperately needed food because it was way past lunch. And I knew if I went to the co-working space, I was looking like at at least an hour for an Uber Eats delivery Mm -hmm. and there wasn't food close by and there isn't food at the space. So I chose Soho House because I knew I could get food. And it's just interesting. I think like as we're like moving around a city and things are changing, I think people are actually going to be utilizing multiple venues for work, right? They're going to go to these club places. They're going to go to co-working. They're going to go to restaurants and coffee shops. It's like whatever works for their schedule. I do think the traditional quote-unquote office is going to just decline and decline and decline. Yeah, and we're seeing that like they are redesigning, changing the layout, right? building more of like collab, like spaces to collaborate than to come and do your you know solo work on the desk, mm-hmm. stuff, right? Because that we can do it home, at home, and honestly, anyways, like when I was working in like wh- whatever company, that was my routine, and I couldn't focus at the office. Eventually, I would go back and do all of that at home. Mm-hmm. And use the office really just to meet people, to to collaborate, to chit chat, and all of those things. So, well, I don't know. And if you force them back, and they need space to like focus or take calls, that's why the phone booths are just exploding because people need this quiet, and they need this space, and they need to just sometimes kind of, you know, put their head down and get work done. So it's interesting because you need to have the collaboration, but you also need to have the quiet space. Yeah. And phone booths are essential also Mm -hmm. for working spaces, right? I mean, 
part of my day is just on Zoom. I mean, I, I yeah. cannot escape that, right? Yeah, totally. So funny. Like, I love, like, we're just on this, like, talking about all these different things, but I'm going to bring it back around. Can you believe we've already talked for 30 minutes? It goes so fast. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I want to, you can ask, I'm going to give you an option on the last question. Yes. Okay. okay. So you can either tell me what question I should have asked you and then answer it, or you can tell me, you can go back and talk to 12-year-old AL, and you can tell him one thing. What's one thing you're going to tell him? So you can oh, one or the other, or you can do both. Right. You can do both. <laughs> I think that, you know, one question maybe that is interesting is like looking ahead, like five years from now, and thinking how the industry will look like, how AI will impact that. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm super curious to ask you where, like, how do you think AI will impact the co-working industry five years from now? Ooh, I love that it's been turned on to me. This is great. I think, so I think what's going to happen in the next five years is a ton of disruption, but in a great way, right? So office is going to continue to be an absolute bloodbath. Um, class A office will be fine. Boutique creative slash co-working will be fine. B and C decimated. I think that there will be insane deals available for co-working operators as real estate people realize they don't know how to do this and they need help. So I think we'll see a massive proliferation of co-working. I think the reason we as an industry collaborate so much and so freely is because we all know there's enough demand for everybody. Like if you want to start a co-working space, geez, come to Juicy. We'll tell you how to do it because we know that we can help impact the loneliness epidemic. And we know that we just can't build enough for the demand that's coming our way. So I think that's what we're going to see. I think AI plays a huge role for co-working world because one of the problems in co-working is profitability. And it's a very employee-intensive operation. And I think that if you use AI in really smart ways, it can really help you make your employees more efficient, right? If you can outsource a bunch of stuff to AI, fantastic. Do it so that your employees can be servicing the humans and not servicing right. their laptop. So I think the future, and everybody knows I'm total Pollyanna when it comes to co-working, but you know what? I've been right about co-working since 2010. So I think I'm on to There you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so I think that, you know, just on the intersection with AI, I think the core value is like for co-working is really the hospitality piece of it, right? Having people that welcome you in, that take care of mm -hmm. like to build the community. So that needs to be a human function, 100%. But as you say, right, everything else, right? Everything else, when it comes to operating the space, when it comes to selling the space, when it comes to all the different other tasks that are really kind of, you know, burying like the people in the space and taking so much of their time will be outsourced. And then we are getting better experience, right? At a lower cost, right? And uh, higher profitability. 
So don't be afraid of it, right? It's help is coming. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time and congratulations on your pending marriage and that wedding. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Where is it? That will be in Israel. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. Well, (laughs) that's, you know, pending, 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 exactly. Interesting times. Uh, Everything will, you know, will be okay. And that's all huge other thing that we deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wishing you all the best. I'm super excited for what you're bringing to our industry. And you guys will put in the show notes how to get a hold of AL and also how to sign up for Flexspace. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Liz. Always, always a pleasure chatting with you. Agreed. Same with you. Thank you for tuning into the GC podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and follow us for more GC content. You can stay connected with us on social media by following us at Juicy Global. We're looking forward to having you join us next time for more insightful discussions. Until then, keep exploring the co-working world with the Juicy Podcast. Ciao.